Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The day of Pentecost is recorded in the book of Acts is looked upon by many Christians as being a landmark event in the history of Christianity, and rightly so, as it is associated with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But Pentecost also coincides with the Jewish festival known as the Feast of Weeks, as initiated in the book of Leviticus. And from the light of the Old Testament types and pictures we've been getting in this book of Leviticus, it bears even more significance for us today. We want to look at Pentecost on today's program from a very new and a very fresh perspective. And Francis Ball joins us today for what I uh, have a high expectation will be a, a really marvelous program. Francis, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm always glad to be back. And this particular message, I believe, should have a real impact on our listeners. Francis, there were seven feasts or festivals, annual festivals, that were ordained for God's people in Leviticus in the Old Testament. But we want to look at how the first three of these that we saw are related, a bit of review if we could, and how they relate to us and our salvation experience and also our ongoing daily experience with Christ. The first feast is called the Passover. Right. And I think most Christians have an acquaintance with the Passover, knowing that that represents Christ's death for our redemption. Then it's followed by the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I think most people realize, too, that the word leaven implies something evil or sin. Right. But this is a Feast of Unleavened Bread. And this is also Christ. He lived a sinless life. And this life is available to us. When we receive Christ, then our whole life should be lived as an unleavened bread, unleavened feast. Then the third one is the uh, Feast of Firstfruits. Of course, we know that Christ is called the firstfruit, but also the firstfruits is plural. That represents or stands for the resurrection of Christ. So we're able to live in a resurrected life by having Christ as our resurrection. So these three feasts really take us through our whole experience in our Christian life up to the point that we're going to see today. And that brings us to this fourth feast of the seven called the Feast of Weeks. 
which you can also call the Feast of Pentecost. Francis, let's talk for just a moment about this word Pentecost. It comes from 50 uh, in the Greek language, penta, and it took place exactly 50 days following the resurrection of Christ, and it happened to coincide with this Jewish festival, the Feast of Weeks. So 50 means, and you and I were talking about this a moment ago, the uh, the arithmetic here. We had, of course, the Lord Jesus with the disciples for 40 days after his resurrection, right? Yes, that's right. And then a 10-day period where they were together praying right. in an upper room, just prior to this event, this outpouring of the Spirit, when Peter stood up and all of the miraculous things happened. So the 40 plus 10 is 50, and that's where we get this word Pentecost. Yes, and that really fits for the Feast of Weeks. And uh, because of the period of time there, it really calls our attention to the fact of how accurate the Bible is and how real it is to have these kind of uh, applications to these feasts. I'm anxious to hear uh, what Witness Lee has to say on this topic. Let's get to it. Now we come to the fourth feast, which uh, belongs to the first group, starting from the Passover, then unleavened, then first fruit. Now we come to the Feast of Pentecost. All these feasts appointed by God could be applied to history and could be applied also to our experience. On the day of the Passover, according to Old Testament, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he was slain as our Passover. The Passover in the Old Testament was just a type. When the Lord Jesus was slain on that day, he was the real Passover to us. Then we, the redeemed of God, feast on Christ as the unleavened bride for entire Christian life. Then, following this, Christ rose up. He resurrected from among the dead. And this is the fulfillment of the first fruit festival. This is according to the history. And these historical facts could be applied to us in our experiences. Firstly, we got saved. And that was our Passover. In our being saved, our God, due to Christ being slain, passed over us, the sinners. Then following these, we began to live an unleavened bread life. Then, in our experience, we also experience Christ as our feast of the first fruit. He now is living within us as a resurrected one. And he is not only the eleventh one, but also the one that lives again and lives forever and even lives within us as the first fruit for our daily enjoyment. This could be applied to our experiences according to the history of Christ. What Christ has accomplished and achieved in his history could become our experiences. And this is why such a thing could be applied in two ways. In the first way, to Christ's history. In the second way, to our Christian experiences. experiences. 
Francis, the feasts or festivals that were such an important part of the Old Testament dispensation are very profound, aren't they, in how they typify uh, aspects of our experience of salvation and the whole of our Christian life. These are not just historical events. Of course, we acknowledge that they are, but they have a much more far-reaching significance than that. And he brought out the significance in this portion in the order. Let's talk about the order. In our uh, introduction, we had a good review and uh, touched some of the uh, significance of the event itself, but I thought the order here was interesting. Yes, that order is very interesting, and it shows very much how the Bible is not only historical, but very applicable to our experience. Right. And to experience the Passover means we experience Christ, who is our Passover. By his own death on the cross, he caused God to pass over us, not to judge us, but to save us. And once we receive him, we experience Christ as our Passover. And then that leads us right into the next feast, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which means the whole of Christ's life was sinless. And that life is available to us now. After we're saved, he's in us to be our life, and he supplies us. This uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread indicates that there's no leaven, there's no sin in our living. So we should live by the supply of this particular feast. And then to experience him in resurrection, which is the first fruits, Mm -hmm. that is a marvelous realization that we are brought into the resurrection life. Francis, these three feasts, uh, if you get into the details a little bit, which we um, have not taken a lot of time because there's so much here for the sake of the radio broadcast, we've cut these down a little bit. But when we get into the uh, detail, and that's all included in the printed messages, we find out that these feasts, these three particularly, the Passover, the unleavened bread, and the first fruits, took place on three successive days in the first month of the year in the Jewish calendar, uh, which means that they were became a kind of an extension, one of another, from feast to feast to feast, this whole period of time, implies that that should not be the end of our experience of Christ, but there's this ongoing portion. This, to me, was really uh, significant. It's really marvelous, isn't it, that this uh, would be put out in such a way, even in the historical thing, that it really depicts our experience, living the life by the supply of Christ as our life, and then experience resurrection. In our daily experience, we're experiencing the resurrection life. Okay, let's go on to this fourth feast, the one called the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. It took place, as we mentioned before, seven weeks and a day after the resurrection of Christ. Of course, of all the feasts, this one is probably the most familiar to Christians because of this uh, momentous event that occurred on that day. In this section, Francis, we want to take a look at how the Lord was interacting with his disciples in the period just prior to that. This is very interesting. Very interesting. When you just look at the first chapter of Acts, for example, and you see what he was doing there, how he was interacting, even from the time of his resurrection, even going back to the book of John as it ends, you see the Lord is with the disciples. He's speaking to them. He's feeding them on the seashore. Uh, He's telling them what's going to happen, even to the point that they thought that he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel right then. And he said, no, no. It's not for you to know the day or the hour. That's in the Father's hands. But he said, you must wait at Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Right. Francis, we're going to hear just now from Witness Lee that this period uh, was actually a time of training for the disciples. Let's go to Witness Lee. Now we come to Swartz, the feast of the Pentecost, or the feast of the weeks, or the feast of the seven weeks. 
from the day of Christ's resurrection, and that was the first day of the week. It is also called the eighth day. Christ rose up from among the dead. You see, Christ rose up on the first day of the week, and then the Pentecost took place also on the first day of the week. In between, there are seven weeks. So, in total, there were all together 15 days. And the word Pentecost just means 50 days. From the day of the Lord's resurrection to the day of Pentecost, there was a time when the Holy Spirit was poured out by the ascended Christ from the heavens. 50 days. Among those 50 days, the Lord Jesus, after his resurrection, he stayed with his disciples for 40 days in his resurrection. Sometimes appeared, sometimes disappeared, but he never left them. On the day of resurrection, in the evening, he came to his disciples, he breathed himself as the life-giving spirit into his disciples. From that time onward, he was there, always living not only among the disciples, but within each one of the disciples. From that time, he never left them. Sometimes he appeared. Sometimes he disappeared. And his disappearance doesn't mean his absence. No, he was there. But the presence was not manifest. It was hidden. A kind of hidden presence. So he was there spending time to train his disciples how to experience, how to appreciate his invisible appearance. Even he was invisible, yet he was still there with them. It is the same today. We couldn't see him that he is here. But we believe he is here. And he is here with us. And he is here not only among us all, but he is here within us. Yet his presence is invisible. So today we are just in a situation like the disciples in the resurrection of the resurrected Christ. Francis, this is a wonderful aspect of this landmark event in God's economy known as Pentecost, and that is this training that the Lord was providing for his disciples by repeatedly withdrawing his physical presence with them during this 40-day period leading up to Pentecost. How can we use this term training when we talk about this? Well, you know, these disciples had been with Jesus now for three years, a little over And they had learned a lot from him, from his speaking, and they got so used to his physical presence uh, that the thought of him going away was just too much. They couldn't take that. They were just uh, not prepared for this. They needed these 40 days of the Lord training them, part of the time coming and being visible to them, most of the time not being visible, just back and forth. This was a training to get them used to his physical absence but to know that his spiritual presence would be with them all the days to the end of the age. I really am touched with this because the Lord's way of dealing with these disciples is also his way of dealing with us. And we can say with them, 
whom having not seen, we love. They certainly learned how to love him when he was present with them physically. But when he was gone, they had to learn how to enjoy him in his invisible presence. And that's our experience. I think there's a secret longing within every believer wishing that we could have been there at that time, like John, with our head on his breast. Uh, You know, there's such a, that conjures up such a comforting image. But really, the reality of knowing him in spirit, in resurrection, is much greater than that physical uh, portion that those disciples got. I really liked what he said here. We are just like the disciples. Our training is much like theirs. We're being trained to know him in his presence invisibly each day, aren't we? Yes, that's right. Even Paul said that I may know him. Right. And the power of his resurrection. That's right. (laughs) Well, the book of Acts, Francis, records the events of Pentecost and how the Spirit was poured out upon all the believers on that day and all of these associated manifestations. Uh, There have been a lot of messages on this topic uh, throughout the ages in the church. Today, we want to focus on another aspect, a little different aspect that has not been talked about nearly so much, but has even an equal significance. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The Pentecost... The face of Pentecost is the big manifestation of God's economy. On the day of Pentecost, the body of Christ came into existence. And that means the increase, the enlargement, the expansion of Christ came into existence. Before that day, Christ was just he himself. But on the day of Pentecost, the body of Christ came into being to match Christ, to make Christ what a corporate Christ. From that time, Christ became no more just himself. He has a body. And this body is his increase, his enlargement, his extension, even his expansion. What is component of the Pentecost? What is this expansion of the incorporated Christ? This incorporation as the increase, the enlargement of Christ is just the mingling of the processed triumph God with his children and redeemed people. Such a mingling. There is such a mingling in this universe. What is this? This is the achievement of God's eternal economy. And this is the fulfillment of God's eternal desire. Hallelujah. For such a thing. We don't realize quite much about this matter because we are short of this view. But anyhow, someday, and I do believe not too long, Someday will come when we will be there at the new Jerusalem in the millennium. We will realize even more after the millennium when we will get in the new heaven, new earth at the completed new Jerusalem. We all will there shout hallelujah. Hallelujah for the new Jerusalem. And what the new Jerusalem? That is the real increase, real enlargement, real expansion, real extension of the all-inclusive, immeasurable, unchaseable Christ. 
후회자 인어 하늘로야. Well, Francis, this is a marvelous portion we're uh, able to handle now. You know, for many Christians, I was thinking Pentecost is important uh, because it was associated with this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we do not want to minimize this at all. But we just heard that on the same plane, Pentecost was the day when the body of Christ came into existence, and that means that the increase or the enlargement of Christ came into existence. I think a lot of people hearing this, Francis, for the first time, they may think it sounds strange to talk about Christ being enlarged and increased. So let's talk about this aspect of Pentecost. This is really a revelation that's so much needed among all the Christians to realize what happened on that day. This was something as a kind of a conclusion or a, a development through all that Christ did, all he accomplished. His death, his resurrection, everything he accomplished, even his ascension now, has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. When it says that Christ became the life-giving Spirit right. in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five, that means that all that Christ is is now the Spirit. And when the Spirit came, that's Christ coming. That's Christ being enlarged. The only life that really can please God is the life of Christ. So that life has been put into us. And that means the life of Christ has really formed the church, Mm. has really been the content of the church. The church came into existence. The body of Christ came into existence on that day when the Spirit came upon these praying disciples, the 120 in the upper room. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that formed the body of Christ. That means Christ has been enlarged, expanded, extended. Oh, this is too marvelous to realize that this Christ has now been enlarged. As you said, that may be hard for some people to realize, but Christ's life has been put into millions of believers. Right. That means he's increased. He's incorporated himself with us. We're included in this body. The body of Christ includes both the head and the body. So here we are enjoying the life that has been and is an expansion of Christ himself. This is the real meaning of Pentecost, and this is really what happened. That was the beginning or the birth or the bringing into reality the body of Christ. You said this was a revelation. I just want to echo that as we conclude our program today. To many, the church is this assembly of people who agree to agree on a certain set of beliefs, but we are not talking about that. The body of Christ is really the body of Christ, and it was increased with each of us as we received him, and it's increasing continually as more and more of this divine life is dispensed and deposited into us, isn't it, Francis? That's right, and to many, many others. And to many, many others. This is the increase and expansion and the enlargement of Christ himself. So when we share the gospel with a friend or relative or co-worker, we should have the realization that we are participating in the expansion and the enlargement of the very Christ. How marvelous is this? Amen. What a note to end on today, Francis. Uh, Thank you for your help. I really appreciated it. It's so good to be here, and to see this revelation is marvelous. It really is. Let's point out our uh, toll-free number, and uh, this is probably the easiest way for you to contact us about getting the printed material that uh, really we only are able to scratch the surface on these uh, life study messages in this radio program, particularly in a book like Leviticus. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. 
Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.